And welcome back to another episode of The Rank Bank. Me and Chris just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far. We've been overwhelmed by the support we've received. So tonight we bring you another episode where we discuss our top three foods. We have Mike and Mason on. So sit back, relax and grab your knife and fork. listeners welcome back to the podcast we have two new guests on today we have mike hello hi mike and we have mason (laughs) (laughs) disclaimer he's not actually french he's the most not french person i could possibly imagine and this coming from this coming from me as an american i don't know if i should be offended or the french should be offended i don't know (laughs) <laughs> Are you ready? Three, two, one. Biggest ranker. Ooh. Right, so last week I was finally the winner. Spoilers if you haven't listened to last week's episode. So this week we'll try and see if I can keep my crown and be the biggest ranker. What are we discussing today, Chris? We're going to be doing top three foods today. Top three foods, nice. So, should we we'll kick things off? Let's get your defence. Oh, me first? No. Oh, okay. We're going to go with Mason first. <laughs> oh, my God. What am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> Actual question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, if you go, go from three down to one on yep. your top three. Have you prepared? So, three down to one on my top three favourite meals of all time. Yeah, our favorite food. And give yeah. a bit of rationale. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, what? what are you going to say, Mike? Say, for, for you listeners out there, um, <laughs> we actually get some advance notice on a, some some parts of this show. And this is not a difficult question anyways. Was... And the fact that Mason is floundering <laughs> is absolutely amazing to me. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, let's start at three. It's something I had in Florence uh, called Fiocchetti di Pera, and it's like a little sack. Uh, so you like, so you Italian. like the sack? I like the sack, especially <laughs> if it's got pear and mozzarella in it and an asparagus sauce, and that was phenomenal. That's got to be like you wheat smelly. That's the important question, Joe. Thank you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Asparagus turns you wheat smelly, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but not in everyone, I don't think. I think I'm so dehydrated day to day that I didn't notice. Oh, no, you need that clearly. (laughs) Sorry, can you pronounce what that was again for us? Just so we can all... Fiocchetti di pera. Just so we can all melt a little bit in our chairs. There we go. All right. Um, Uh, Hold on, Mason. I got to ask, when you were re-pronouncing that, did you, almost by instinct... Do the gesticulation. Do the, the fingers together by your mouth, kind of doing the Italian. Hey, this is what I'm talking about. I did gesture. I, uh, <laughs> I did. So for a long time in my life, like, I always thought that Italian food was the best. And I still think it's pretty phenomenal. But the top two slots, they go to Chinese food I had in Hong Kong. And at number two, I've got braised beef brisket noodles the chinese are the masters of like stock boiling down 
I don't know, gristle and bone over like multiple days to get this super salty, I don't know, amazing gelatinous meat that just falls apart. And that blew my mind when I had that. Uh, um, Mason, wait, I, I, I have to interject because I know mm-hmm. our, our dozens and dozens of listeners are actually, you know, I'm going to ask, you just did an amazing Italian accent. Well, a memorable Italian accent. Thank you. I want to hear the Chinese version of raised beef uh, with noodles. Uh, help. <laughs> uh, no, I can't do it. I was looking. I just threw, I threw you under the bus there. That's no, right. I went to look and I see, and then I realized there's no chance I'm going to get a phonetic <laughs> translation at time. Um, but yeah, my number one is also uh, I had it in Hong Kong. Uh, I had this actually when I was meeting your friend Mike out there, Philip O'Mara. Oh right, yeah. I ran into him. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. We had pan-fried soup dumplings. Have you you guys ever had like soup dumplings? Yes. In your life? I mean, like Jewish ones. What? Are these like huge stodgy suet balls? You talking about? (laughs) No, this is like. I don't know, encapsulated, and inside's like a little bit of pork and spices. Mm. But they they put it in when it's like cold gelatin, and then they seal it up in the pan fry ones. are a little bit thicker, and they're fried in a big like cast iron pan, seared till they're golden brown, crispy. And you gotta let them cool down, or else if you eat them too quickly, it's like eating lava. Yes, that yeah. is the that is the problem. <laughs> You've experienced this, have you? Oh, dude, dude, so. I think, and but I think it's from like from Shanghai or from like kind of that part of China. So mm-hmm. I went to China. I went to Shanghai for a business thing, and the only plan is like you got to go to this one place. So they didn't speak a lick of English. So I tried my very bad Chinese, and you know, oh. pointed and smiled. Got these things, and I didn't do the whole cooling down thing because I like touched oh, the man. outside, and you're like, perfect. They're like napalm in these <laughs> in these encapsulated dough containers. It's amazing once they cool down, but for the whole week of the conference, my lips were uh, near blistered. That is exactly it. There is like a, a checklist of great Chinese or Asian restaurant, actually Chinese, and it doesn't speak any English, uh, low health and safety rating, ag- aggressive uh, <laughs> restaurant owners. <laughs> and it's like, tickle those and it's going to be a great place. Absolutely. And also, if you're kind of, if you find, like, this is bonus points, but if you find, like, you're the only tourist in that place and actually if they if they look even surprised they're like what the hell are you doing here that's brilliant because you're like okay this is going to be interesting i think for for all kind of cuisine restaurants to be honest if you go in there and you're the only tourist in there you know it's going to be the top stuff yes like a wild west and you're like kicked open the salon door saloon doors (laughs) everybody stops and stares at you because you're the only white person here balls of herbs balls of herbs just kind of roll past in the uh, the kitchen (laughs) and then you scald your mouth on a boiling soup dumpling it's a meal cool yeah so as far as top threes go I am well and truly starving now (laughs) that sounded incredible Shout out to Philip O'Mara as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sure He's good. a great guy. Well, He's a legend. <laughs> yeah, I met yeah. him subsequently in Saigon uh, with a couple oh, of nice. mutual friends. Nice. Good times. Yeah. And not to mention, frankly, in Vietnam, like the streets are a little exciting. So I, I can't imagine trying to cross 
with the hundreds and hundreds of scooters, maybe they're obeying the traffic lights, maybe they're not, and you might your judgment might be somewhat impaired. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. It was nighttime, so there's less scooters, and we had some people guiding us around, so that's, that's how I got to know. Shepherds, nice. That's the closest you're ever going to get to being in Frogger, I think. Yes! <laughs> yeah. The nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> Poor guy. Go on, Joe, we'll let you try and uh, try and match that. I, I'm not holding out too much hope. That was a pretty good... Yeah, that was really good. Mine's a bit more boring, right? I, I couldn't think of the third, because there's so many stuff, and there's so many like restaurants and stuff we went to. There's like like honourable mention for, for like the Armenian in Manchester and, and stuff like that. So I couldn't think of my third one, but I've gone for generic Brazilian barbecue kind of meat and Churrascaria. So, yeah, Churrascaria. I'm cutting down on my mummy a lot because of environmental reasons. But I think if you're gonna go for meat, you're gonna go for Brazilian barbecue. But my highlights of a Brazilian barbecue are the cheese balls, what they call Powder cajun. Powder cajun. Ooh. Um, which are just breaded cheese balls. And I really like the cinnamon pineapple, which is... Abacaxi con canela. That, that abacaxi. <laughs> so actually, my highlights of a Brazilian barbecue, Trascaria, is the non-meat things. But I just think, I don't know, the amount of meat, how, like succulent it is and i really like the buffet that goes with it largely it's, it's the trimmings that i like at a brazilian barbecue so that that's um my number three what wait joe do you go in there and ever go i think they just be a, a funny question to ask a brazilian barbecue place uh, do you guys have a veggie option? They have a veggie menu. What? And it's not that much cheaper at these places. It's like a fiver cheaper. And it's like, uh. what are you doing with your life? <laughs> That's rubbish. So, was it the the bounty of meat? Or was it the the sides and the full meal that kind of like makes it a top three meal? I don't know. I think as well, I've always had good times. Like, we once went after a tournament actually with them. JC and Claire. Yeah. We had the plane the next day, but we decided to go for like couples date to to this is in Portugal, but to a Brazilian barbecue. And we all just got absolutely smashed. Like they ordered the wrong size sangria, didn't they? So instead of um <laughs> it was meant to be like two glasses, but they bought out like three or four jugs. <laughs> Um, so we all just got really drunk and it was just such a good time. Like, you know, when you just always have a good time when you're eating certain foods, that's the Brazilian. I can't sum it up. There isn't anything in particular, but... It's the ambiance. The ambiance, yeah. I think getting smashed, uh, all top top few meals I've had in my life, definitely getting <laughs> tipsy in them. But uh, yeah, that, that sounds excellent. It sounds like the whole experience, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we're going on meals we've had drunk, I think my top three would be a kebab, a burger, and chips. <laughs> oh, I went to Amigos after getting absolutely oh. destroyed. I thought that was the best meal I'd had in the world until, like, the next day. But there's ti- there's timing and opportunity. There's, like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, like, if you're ever, like, going backpacking or, you know, and you're, like, you cook up this, like, decrepit little meal of dried noodles, but at that moment, you're like, oh, my God. This is amazing. That <laughs> right? is so true. And frankly, output for these ultimate players who might be listening, coming back from like a weekend of athletic events of various levels of skill, KFC 
at that moment is the best meal you've ever had. Because yes. you're like, oh God, I'm craving salt. I once spent 20 pounds on McDonald's on the way back from a tournament. <laughs> oh, McDonald's versus KFC. Discuss. KFC all the way for me. I'm on Mickey D's on a frequent basis if you had to, but KFC is a special occasion. Uh, there's something so satisfying about a, a nog, like a McDonald's nog. <laughs> I've never heard the singular. <laughs> I never have either. That's brilliant. <laughs> Wait, wait, so Joe, since you're cutting down on your meat intake, do you ever go into McDonald's and go, I just want a nug? <laughs> just one. <laughs> just just, just, just let me smell it. Um, no. <laughs> but um, I was telling, um, I was told the other day that um, obviously I'm a twin. And until we were about five or six, we believed everyone shared their Happy Meal because my mum only ever bought us one Happy Meal. <laughs> And that's like two nuggets and about five chips. Oh, smart. That's a parenting win right there. That is genius. And my mum kept all the toys in bags for resale value. She still has them. That's really sad. That's me. That is very me. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? You still turned out okay, Joe. You still turned out, you know. Yeah, Wow. If we say she turned out okay enough, it might actually become true. That's therapy, isn't it, basically? Well done, well done Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, my number two is, and I, th- I think this will be a crowd pleaser, but I know in, 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 a, in America they don't necessarily have these things, but it's a chicken and leek pie. Because um, I don't think they have savoury pies, really, in, in America. I'm not sure. No, that was a new discovery to me. That's brilliant. And they're incredible. So I, I'm a fan of short crust pastry, so it's got to oh. be short crust bottom and top. I'm not a big fan of the phyllo. So it, I just think, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, could you say that sentence again? That was absolutely hilarious. The phyllo. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, you know, in uh, medieval times, like the crust of a pie was there for like structural integrity. It wasn't there to be eaten. It's only in the last, what, like 300 years that we started making it tasty enough, delicate enough to eat. Oh, I didn't know that. So was it like captured the dirt as well and stopped it from getting dirty? Yeah, I guess it was like a semi-edible dish, but they didn't eat it. I I don't know why, but yeah, it was like concrete. Must have been. (laughs) Well, I have another fact for you because another point of my good party chicken and leek pie is that I have to say that I think leeks are such an underrated vegetable. Um, and people don't appreciate the value of a leak. So I went on to, um, what was the website called? Um, I wrote it down. It was Leaks like BritishLeaks.com. BritishLeaks.co.uk. According to British Leaks, yeah, the Romans considered the leak a superior vegetable and Emperor Nero got so many, he was he gave the nickname... Peropagus, or the leak eater, and he is reported to have thought that it would improve his singing voice. So if you want to be in the next Pop Idol winner, 
Eat meats. If you want to be the next Nero. Right. Yeah. The famed, loved emperor well, we, of Italy. Wait, I'm going to say that. So Leeks probably didn't work because he didn't really do the whole singing thing. It was like the violin uh-huh. thing. Oh, ah, dropping history knowledge. History, yeah. Did not ah. know he played. Check you out, Mike. And now he played. He played the violin, or played some sort of stringed instrument, while Rome burned. Uh, I'm going to say that I don't know about that because I'm a little bit Italian, and the Italians tried to destroy all the history on him, bury his house, get rid of his monuments. <laughs> so that's the reason I don't know he played violin. Oh. Well, the good news is that Americans have such great knowledge of geography, history, just world affairs in general, that yeah. uh, you, can, you can take my word for it. <laughs> You're totally not the anomaly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, my top one, and I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast, and it's an absolute winning dish. Like, you can't get bored of it. It never, you know, it's just incredible. It's got all the nutrients. If I was on a desert island, I would easily eat this every day and still look forward to my lunch and dinner. And it's the humble cheese and salad sandwich. Preferably grated cheese, a nice, fresh, crunchy salad, let's say some soda bread. It's just pure and simple beauty. It's an absolute beaut of a dish. I can honestly say that any time I've been in like a supermarket or a shop anywhere, I've never picked that. <laughs> Ever. I, I would go with you on that, Mason. And I'm also going to say that jogging, like, if you ever need to take Joe out for, like, a nice meal, yeah. the bar's low. This is great. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, a little, little soda bread, cheddar, grated cheese, you know, whatever, a candle, boom, done. Yeah. <laughs> so true. What do you think our meal tonight's going to be? <laughs> It's like you know, you kind of food you eat in like a famine or some kind of war time. <laughs> well, sounds nice, Joe. Wow. Um, Joe, can I say thank you for um, recalibrating the expectations of, of food? Because I, I, I couldn't tackle, I couldn't tackle Mason because like that's just ridiculous. But, um, did did anyone wow. else just hear that? That was Joe's crown falling off her head. Oh, 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 no. It's my wow. hero, probably. Oh, wow. wow. That's pretty good. Well, you're ranked Too by many Empire Burns, Joe. See, I mean, this episode... If you think about it, this episode is a culinary exploration. It's history. I mean, it's brilliant. It's everything. Uh, anyways, enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that. it my turn? On to Mike. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm excited because um, I'm not going to say I'm going to get the crown because I just, I'm, I'm hopefully not going to come in last. Thanks, Joe. I didn't even realize this was a competition. <laughs> All right. Yeah, as the American on the episode, I'm going to throw, I'm going to start out with uh, number three. This is kind of something like, it's um, something I, I'm still on a quest for in the UK. So coming from California, Mexican food is a big part of our culture, and burritos. Burritos are amazing. And I'm still on a quest, frankly, in Manchester and London to find a burrito that goes past a 7 out of 10. They've gotten better, but they're still kind of, eh, they're trying really hard. What pushes it to, like, a 10? It's just those intangibles. Like, yeah, i got to have black beans for sure. The sauce has got to be really, really good. Got to go heavy in the coriander or cilantro, as we would call it. Oh, it's just so many intangibles. I mean, if you go to Chilango, Chilango's not bad. Uh, they're probably the closest. 
I found that like the better burritos I had were always like so moist and full of I don't know liquids that they're almost falling apart at every stage or dripping. Ooh, it's a fine, fine. Yeah. It's you want to have enough moistness to kind of lubricate everything, so to speak. <laughs> but you want it to have structural integrity that you can still eat it in your hand. I once had a friend who ate the burrito sideways. What? Just took a bite out of it, or right in the middle. Wow, oh, that's, he- that's heresy. Mm. He'd get shot in East LA, man. No, but when I first came to London, it was back in 2007, I would take Brits to like one of the few burrito places, and burritos were still kind of coming onto the scene. And uh, it was funny watching Brits try and eat burritos, because man, you guys suck at it. Like, <laughs> what's, the, what's the secret? Give us a like. A you, so you you don't unwrap the entire foil. You like do it in just stages, and then when you get that last sixth, that's the that's the tricky part. You have to unroll just a tiny bit at the end and kind of nibble and still so it has enough integrity. Otherwise, it's going to blow apart in your hand. Hmm. So it's that potential for catastrophic failure that really uh, draws me to it. <laughs> you know what, I think that's that's a great start to a top three and. I've got a little bit of good news that I can give you, Mike. Ooh. That burrito that you're looking for that's more than a 7 out of 10 lives in the UK. Okay. It lives in Leeds. And there's a food court in the, is it the Trinity Shopping Centre? Or the main one, the main shopping And we're looking center. to get sponsorship for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, All right. if they're interested, of course, yeah. But, um, yeah, top floor, there's a burrito place in there. Okay. Give it a go, man. Pilgrimage, uh, post-pandemic, I'm, I'm all over it. Yeah. You're not going to give the name of the place? If I could remember it, I would. <laughs> <laughs> the burrito was so good, I just left in the little bit. Out. So, Mason, I'm going to go on a limb and say there's probably not a tremendous number of uh, burrito places in Leeds. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that one. Hmm. Controversial. Uh, anyways, number two. Number two, this is a little controversial. Or, I don't know, man, like, I discovered this dish in the UK when I first moved over here. And you guys probably grew up with it, but I love this dish. It's sticky toffee pudding. Oh, are you um, a fan of the dates being in it or the dates without? Oh, with dates. With dates. They had a little bit of texture and variety and a little frisson of excitement. You're never (laughs) sure what you're going to... Oh, We're including desserts in our favorite meals. It's a food. Oh, my God. It's a food. I need to rethink my list. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like when I first saw it, like when someone said, oh, you got to go for this, I was on like a a tour group my first time over and uh, I saw it go past me. Some some other table ordered. It's like a, you know, a little rectangular lump of brown. It's not the most attractive (laughs) dessert out there. But oh my God, it's amazing. Can we uh, rank these on like, obviously taste, it's like killing it, but there's an island i think you'd be dead in a week oh that's true but i'd be happy they'd be like wow he he put on 15 stone but that dude has a if smile you weren't dead, you'd be dense at least thanks thank you mike I is think... it custard or no custard ice cream on the side so you can you can control the modern. melting Ooh. that's definitely a modern take on it yeah. that sounds pretty yeah, that's what the colonials do like the colonists we you know, we, t- we take your guys concept and we're like we're gonna fuck with it so. <laughs> scoop of vanilla wait so vanilla ice cream oh yes yeah not not just vanilla that'd be weird frozen lump of uh, <laughs> custard <laughs> all right so for number three 
I was gonna go with my dad's hamburger recipe, but then I had to go international because, like, Tom Mason's like, "Oh, Hong Kong, blah blah blah." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, all right, I can do this." So in Vietnam, Mason, you you know, you uh, did an amazing job teaching me how to surf. Try <laughs> <Sorry>. to, <laughs> um, but in Hoi An, uh, they do. There's this place called the New Eatery, N U Eatery, and they basically have to, like three things on their menu, and one of them are steamed pork buns. Oh, they're just like little tiny things. They got little secret sauce on the top. This place, if you don't get there by like five thirty when they open, they're gonna be book solid. And they have like a shrimp one or whatever. And I've tried. Let's go for the pork. It is like heaven in your mouth. And I went there three or four days running. It was just just a sublime. That sounds fantastic. Wait, what did you think of the banh mi? Oh, good. Refreshing, light. You feel vaguely healthy. <laughs> I feel uh, also bad that you... Um... You changed from your was it your dad's hamburger? Did you say? Oh, he he would appreciate that. He's okay with it. Honorable mention <laughs> to Mike's dad's hamburger. Can you tell us what made it great though? Was it anything oh, special? My, my dad's burgers. Uh, well, hey, it's my dad. Hmm. Dad, you know, I'm not sure if heaven has like podcasting, but you know, capabilities. But you know, this is for you. Uh, no, he actually just mastered the simplicity of a good burger. So okay. it's so Joe. This is probably not great for the environment. But you go for beef. You go for beef mince with twenty percent fat or more. Okay, that's important. Then you dice the heck out of a bunch of onions, really, really fine, and you kind of make them into these fairly big balls. And that sounds funny. And then what you do is you, you instead of like most kind of burger places where they squish them down really, really uh, flat, you just loosely kind of squish them until they're vaguely flat little discs, but they're about probably about two inches thick. Ooh. Oh man! All those onions plus the secret spice he gave me, man, that was just—it's just the bomb. Wait, the secret spice. Oh yes. You when you guys come us. to my new house, uh, I will—I will show you the secret spice. <laughs> it's just in a jar labeled "secret spice." You won't actually know what it is. <laughs> you all just well, stand around the table looking at it. No, no. If it, so, if there are look a um a uh, Montreal steak seasoning people, if you guys want to sponsor it, it's Montreal steak seasoning. <laughs> You can buy it for about two bucks. It's amazing. Montreal steak. We'll have to get Canadian to send us some over. Oh, so good. Just to uh, the ones you actually did choose the the steamed buns. I had those like a few weeks ago. I got it on take uh, takeaway for those. They are amazing. Oh yes. I can't remember what they were called. There's like a Vietnamese name for it as well. Say the name and do the gesture. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know what the Vietnamese gesture is. Wow. So where where do we start? I think let's start with how Joe got on. Shit. <laughs> so a churrascaria is a great start. I know. I know she put that in for you. Yeah. And then <laughs> know you know the judge. Yeah. And then it all went downhill from there. I think. You did have to ask Chris the name of every single part of that meal. <laughs> No, no, but this is clever because like Joggins likes to say the Portuguese, so oh, this is very clever. Joe. Feeding his ego, yes, yeah. I've got to win some. Well, keep my crown. Yeah, all of these sneaky tricks though didn't didn't get you anywhere, did it? So I mean, I did think the cheese sandwich would, you know, be a winner <laughs> in in Joe in Joe world. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry, Joe. It's third place again this week. Oh, and I have integrity. 
Like a good burrito. Okay. So to choose between first and second, it was neck and neck. And then there's a little note I've written down here on one of the dishes that Ooh. was a minus point. And that was the only minus point that either of you got between the two of you. And that is adding dates to sticky toffee plates. Oh, oh, wow. I stand by that. That is the only way to have sticky toffee. Good for the bowels, I, isn't it, man? Exactly. And it counts those. as one of your five a day. <laughs> well, date, dates aren't doing it for me, sorry. So it's the second place for Mike. And this week's biggest ranker is Mason. Yes, I'm winning a, a competition I didn't know existed. <laughs> Going back to the dates concept, though, um, is this kind of a, a reflexive kind of acting out against your lack of dates in high school? Or Ooh. Oh, yeah, I went there. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can always rely on Mike for the banter. <laughs> can, can I just say I didn't know Sticky Toffee Pudding ever had dates in it? Yes, yeah, it's, really? it's not on every recipe. Just the best ones. <laughs> that sound a bit weird. I remember when we were at school um, and we had like dinner parties. Oh god! Uh, and um, we <laughs> at school, high school. No, no, like in the evening. Everyone would fly in on their helicopters. <laughs> Seriously, and, uh, there was, like, this, what school yeah. do you go to? Oh, my god. Yeah, it was Is this uni fun. or secondary some, school? Some friendship groups had like. Um, <laughs> What's the word where they denote what you should wear? Like um, a dress code. A dress code to their dinner parties. Oh Ours are more casual. But um, we invited this like new girl into the group, and it was like everyone bring something. So some would bring like drinks, someone would do starters. So we gave her pudding because we thought it was okay, and she bought sticky toffee pudding. Bless her, and she put dates in it. And nice. She walked out the room, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, she's put dates in it. We don't like it. We don't like it." And no one like ate her sticky toffee pudding, and oh. then she farted, and she never lived it down. Oh my god! <laughs> she didn't hang out with us again. This oh, sounds like wow. a, a British version of Mean Girls. <laughs> Man, I didn't realize British culture and just like I mean. If I had known what a minefield living in the UK was going to be, I never would have left the States. I'd be like, oh, God, I, I know there's a queue system. I'm cool with the queue. Lining yeah, the queue's up, great. Get, that's brilliant. The but after school dinner party. I didn't know that. Oh my God. She's such a lovely girl as well. Such a lovely girl. But I think we just scared her off because no one, she never ate, no one ate her. And she'd made like three trays of it just so we all felt like fed and... Oh my god, man! I, where is that woman? Because yeah, sticky she's toffee a pudding. Now she's doing well. All right, she's a Michelin star chef yeah. now. <laughs> Can we just get back to the point that you used to have after school dinner parties at secondary school? This wasn't a concept to me until like twenty six. Until yeah, <laughs> was no, fair. Were you cooking everything then, or? I mean, I was always the one that bought the drinks. All the snacks. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> still is. Yeah, so when you say dinner party, was it just the excuse to drink? No, we sat around the table and had like serviettes and stuff. Oh. And also, Joe, you did use the word denote in describing the dress. I was like, oh my god, what school did you go to? Large cave on it this week, Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> So I, I, I have a tab over my... State school, but it was just quite posh. 
<laughs> I've never had a dress code or a serviette at uh, <laughs> a party I've ever hosted or been to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think if we ever met up after school, it was, are you wearing pants? Yes, you can come in. <laughs> that was the only prerequisite. Fair. So, should we um, yeah, move on from your through. childhood <laughs> and move on to our second game? Yeah. Um, um, so, it's retain, we give, return. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Cue jingle. Yeah. <laughs> return. Ah. Return. Hmm. So, who's the celebrity this week? So, the celebrity... And I hope our guests are both aware of who this is. I'd like to think even Americans know this guy. I have Google ready and deployed. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Peter Kay. Oh, hey. I kind of know who the guy is. Mary. Yeah. Wait, that's not the game, sorry. Oh, yeah, Peter Kay, of course, yes. <laughs> I've just realised what Mason said, and he went for Mary. <laughs> what? As in, stop Mary a voice. <laughs> oh, that's not the one I was using. Oh, shag, marry, avoid. <laughs> Fuck, marry, kill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. So. Well, Peter Kay's done well already, then. He's done well, yeah. He's already got a proposal out of it. Yeah, he's <laughs> lovely. Italian hunk, Mason. Yeah, he's a beautiful <sighs> man, is our Mason. The Italian stallion. We'd make a power couple. Sure. <laughs> Although he's, like, perpetually sweaty, though. But yeah, I can get over that. You can love him in spite of. Yeah, I'll just carry a lot of serviettes around. <laughs> From Joe's dinner parties. <laughs> Give him a wipe down. Yeah. Oh, so the three gifts that we need to decide if he's keeping, regifting, or returning are a CD, I'm very old school, I know, of Rise Like a Phoenix by Conchita Verst. I need to Google that one. I have told you. It was a Eurovision winner, and oh, she... one of Peter Kay's characters famously had a nightclub called the Phoenix. Oh, oh yes. of course. Yes. Yeah. The second item. Conchita, if you're listening, by the way, hi, you're amazing. Hi, I've never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, the second item is a platinum pass. For 2021 to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. So Ooh. we can get on all the rides and not have to pay. Ooh. And then the final gift is a 1,000 piece jigsaw of a cloud. <laughs> Brutal. And, and what are our options again? So he can keep one, as in retain. He mm -hmm. can give one to a friend, re-gift. Or he can send one back, which is return. Uh, can I ask a question just for clarification? On the thousand-piece uh, puzzle of a cloud, living in Manchester, I've become quite you know, quite a connoisseur of clouds. Uh, what type of cloud formation is the puzzle? Is it like is more it of a general overcast or serious? Cumulonimbus. It's it's a nondescript white cloud. Chris doesn't know his cumulus nimbus from his ass. <laughs> They're both quite white and fluffy and poofy. <laughs> oh, I went there. Yep, one of those words was right. <laughs> okay, uh, I've got my order. I had it like as soon as you said it. Wow. Um, off, Mason. I feel like that cloud in a box jigsaw puzzle, so perfectly generic and regiftable. It's, it's something to just 
pass on. It's you probably never take it out of the packaging. It'll still have like a, Ooh, you know, smart. smart, a plastic whatever it's called. Film. Yeah, film over it, and yeah, it's perfect. It's hand on. It's probably got plastic film on it, but still been delivered and bought from numerous charity shops. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it would have multiple price tags. <laughs> it's where Off it belongs. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I like that strategy. I, if I was doing that puzzle, I would, um, I would sacrifice the plastic wrap, but I would steal one piece. Ooh. Oh Devious. yeah, oh yeah. I think imagine the only person who would ever open it and challenge, you know, take a take a crack at the puzzle. I'd probably like. That's already a big deal for them, isn't it? <laughs> You've absolutely ruined them for a month. Yeah. It's also thinking about the car crash career that that graphic designer has had to get to designing that jigsaw. Oh, could you imagine? They're like, you know, like online dating, like, oh, and they meet up and they're like, oh, so what do you do? Like, I'm a graphic designer. What do you specialize wow. in? <laughs> Jigsaw puzzles. I, I guess they probably say like adult interactive entertainment to fluff it up a little bit, but basically, yeah. That sounds like erotic movies. It, that would sound, frankly, better than Clouds. Puzzles. <laughs> yeah. I bet there's a Jigsaw podcast out there somewhere slating us right now who would love to do a thousand piece Jigsaw of a Cloud. Yeah, we've got a, a whole army of two of their viewers coming after us. And that Mike guy stealing stealing a piece and then giving that's bullshit. What an asshole. <laughs> it's our jigsaw asshole of the week. <laughs> cool. So you said he was gonna re gift the um the jigsaw puzzle. What's he doing with the other two then, Mason? Which one is he keeping? Which one is he returning? Well, I've I've got a very strong opinion about this, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna let Mike choose and then See if oh, I agree. Disagree. <laughs> All right. So I, I think, Mason, before you went, I had this brain. I think we, we're kind of going down the same path. I was going to do the whole return the CD because, A, who has a CD player anymore? That's just crazy. Uh, I appreciate the nod to, like, times past uh, jogging. You know, CDs, A-tracks, cassettes. You know, that, that's – you're speaking my language. Uh, the thousand piece regift that makes a lot of sense, especially if you steal a piece. Um, if you could regift it to your worst enemy and have stole a piece, that would be awesome. And then the retain, uh, I was going to, of course, go Blackpool just because Peter K looks like that type of guy. I agree with that I completely. Think you'd love a Blackpool path. I think we've got our order. But I have was... to say, Conchita, like, you are incredible, and this is no reflection on your career. It's just, if you delivered it to Peter K as an MP3 file, totally reconsider. Yeah, or a Spotify playlist. I'd be like, yeah, Conchita, bring it. Should we do the bonus game of uh, which of our competitors most likes Conchita Bird? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote Joe. <laughs> Right. right, I think we've uh, we've sorted that out. Should we uh, head to the, the head to some pun gun? Should we lock Oh no! Well, we have to. I'm, the... I, yeah, I'm nervous about this one. <laughs> so cool. Mason's the biggest ranker this week, so he gets to pick. <laughs> Just this week. <laughs> hey. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Mason, if you can pick a number between one and five for us, and that will give us our second category that you'll be mixing with food. Four. Or is UK cities. Ooh. So, so what we'll do, we'll give you guys a few minutes to try and think of some UK cities foods, mashups. We'll edit this bit out so you don't hear us all thinking out loud and scribbling, and then we'll come back with some puns. 
Wait, wait, wait. Just to clarify, UK cities and food puns. Yes. That's Great. Challenge, right? Yeah. All right. I'm drinking I'm, heavily. I'm panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Right, who wants to start? Chris, do you want to start us off this week? Locked and loaded? Uh, Yeah, so let's go with a middle of the range one. I'm going to go Saltford. Okay, nice. Yeah, Yeah, that's terrible, I agree. (laughs) Well, I'm saying saying nice because he's setting the bar so low that he's making us feel slightly better about our mediocre choices. I do have better ones. (laughs) Just uh, shout them out. If all right, it. I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna go American. As an American living in the UK, my knowledge of UK geography is limited. So I had to Google up some uh, some some place names. But all of my uh, puns are gonna have some sort of American uh, theme. So uh, <clears throat> checks ham. Checks is an American snack. Oh. Checks ham. Oh, it's great. I like Wrexham. Oh, I like yeah. That's a yeah. That's a thinker. <laughs> You're just thinking how bad that was. You're like, wow, Mike is shit at this game. Salisbury, spell S O L E. Salisbury. Is this still a pun if you have to spell it? Amazing. No, no, it's funny because let me spell it for you. Oh, I totally get it. All right, I'm, I'm my go. The best one. Here we go. New Stilton. Hey. Wow. Wow. New Milton. I'm gonna go candy. I'm gonna go Hez ants. Oh, I like that. I like that. Right. I feel like I need to up my game a little bit and match Mike. I've got Saint Almonds. <laughs> No, oh, nice one. Oh, I like that one. Steak on Trent. Oh, I was trying to go beef and I couldn't think of a good way to get... Oh, nice work. That's good. All right, I'm going to go one more American. I'm going to go Smorecombe. Oh, that's oh, so good. Nice. Yeah. I've got a West Ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. I've got Peterborough. Oh, these oh are good. that's a good one. That is an excellent Damn. one. We've got Corston Preston. Oh. No, not a food. It is a drink. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh I was going to okay. say, we'll allow it. What about this one? This is a bit This is a bit more out there. I'm not sure if Joggin's going to approve, but what about Liverpool? Oh, is in liver. Nice. No, nice. see, you let the Americans lo- loose on puns. We are shit at this game. <laughs> okay, if we're doing unchanged names, uh, there's a village called Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We, we we took the game to a whole other mediocre direction. <laughs> I've got a. Oh, I kind of. I want to save that one till last. So we'll go with Norwich Tea Biscuits. Oh, Ooh. nice, nice, nice. Oh. Um, and this one is utter shit. <laughs> Ox Tongford. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go Eel, E, like oh, Ely Cathedral, Ely. Ely. Yeah, yeah. Again, the fact that I have to explain it is not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm left. I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> That's what she said. Okay. Hey, wait. How many have you got? Two, two, three. Two. But... Two. Joe. Machine. Yeah. Mike? I'm out. 
You're out. Oh, okay. Well, no, actually, I got one more. I got Puckle Church because there's a town called Pickle Church that I found. Uh, Pickles are food in itself. Wait, no, it's Pickle Church for Puckle Church. I got oh, I got a little confused. <laughs> the doctor point. <laughs> okay, so you've got three left, Joe. <laughs> I've got four left. Okay. Should we do a little head to head shootout? Okay, mine are all all four. Okay. Shall I go first because I've got okay. one more than you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go with my worst one first. Chestnuts. Oh, and I got cheese <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Cheese Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lancaster. How weird! My next one was Lancaster Sugar. Oh, uh, you guys should totally date. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. should we, as the guests, decide on those Ooh, two? I like because they were like, Ooh. yeah. So I think Joe's got two left. I've got two yeah, left. I've got one left. Oh, as well. Oh my god, you guys are machines. My okay. last one is awful. It's Yorkie. Oh, Yorkie within a Yorkie bar. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Oh, I like the Yorkie bar though. Mm. So my last two were. West Minsterals. Yeah. Like, Minsterals, yeah. yeah. And my favourite one, which I'm probably going to butcher the, the saying it, New Portatoes. It's pretty good. That's so good. But I have to say, as a summary, this is probably one of the worst fun rounds we've had. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say well, to be on this. Mike. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm going to say I ran out of alcohol halfway through this episode. So, oh, you just dried out, did you? Nice. I did, I did. <laughs> I think I peaked at Pezance, and then I just went downhill after that. Pezance was one of my favorites, yeah. So now we've uh, fired all of our pun guns. Should we do a little bonus? Yeah, final round. Bonus question. Bonus. Ooh. Bonus. The bonus question to all three of you. What is the worst meal you've ever had it can be the actual meal or the experience oh all right can i give you a two-parter or oh, two separate meals for this yes. like eat tied equally okay well, one of them was i was young and kind of like exploring different meals and you know i wanted to kind of try new stuff and at a fancy restaurant i found that they had pig face on the menu <laughs> i was like this can't be that bad right it's like gonna, like gonna fry it or i don't know anyways a french restaurant it came out in lukewarm water these strips of it didn't even look cooked it's like skin and then like fat behind and yeah that was pretty horrifying and it wasn't cheap either <laughs> oh but memorable the experience uh i mean when you say memorable it's like Trauma memorable, I guess. Yeah, memorable in a terrible, terrible way. What's the second part? I'm excited. Oh, second one. Um, Philippines. Uh, it's obviously, obviously, <laughs> it's something called balut, fertilized chicken eggs, uh, boiled, and then you break them open and eat them. Well, you drink them first, and then you've got to eat like this chick in a yolk and. It's, <laughs> <laughs> seriously visceral as like tiny beaks and sometimes feathers oh yeah that was grim but drinking it i mean once i could like unclench my stomach that was the best chicken soup i'd ever had fair so there you go beat that fair? oh wow throwing down the gauntlet do you want to give mm. it a go mike well i i have these these are foreign travel experiences and they're more like travel fuck-ups frankly mm -hmm. so 
I was in Mexico and I was like, oh, hey, um, most Mexican food that I had been exposed to, there's always some sort of wrap, like enchiladas, burritos. They're all sort of wraps. And I went to this place and Lonely Planet was like, oh, you have to try these tamales. I was like, oh. And for the people who don't know what tamales are, they come and they look like a little burrito. And you're like, okay. And so you just, you know, you basically just pick them up and just take a big bite out of them. And I noticed when I, when I took a big bite, I was like, that's kind of chewy and kind of not good. But I didn't want to offend the restaurant where I was at because they were kind of looking at it like, oh, this gringo is trying to like, you know, basically long and short, they, they asked me, they're like, what do you think? And I was like, well, the filling was really good, but it was a little chewy. And they looked and they, they kind of just, they've been holding in their laughter. A tamale is wrapped in corn husk. You're supposed to unwrap that and then eat the tamale. And so he's just watching this white American dude just trying to like just power through a corn husk. You've eaten the plate. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you muff. Yeah, so that was pretty good. The second one, this is more like how people can save a tourist from doing a really bad thing. So it was in uh, Burma and like we had just finished this big tour. We were out drinking and we we're on this and this street food vendor was coming by with these big fried bugs. And they're like some sort of beetle. They're about four or five inches long. And I was like, I've never had insect. And I'd had a couple beers and I had a beer in reserve as a chaser. Like, bring it. So the entire table, we all order these, these bugs. And, um, we all just kind of pick them up. We look at each other and we're like, all right, let's do it. Okay. And we're about to put them like just head feelers, tentacles, everything into our mouth. And like the locals watching us, they thankfully took pity on us. So like, no, 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 no. And it was sign language because they don't speak in English, but they're like, you're supposed to detach the legs, the arms, the feelers, the tentacles, and just take the little belly and eat that. So, uh, yeah, that they saved us in that regard. Oh, my there. gosh. I've I've seen these bugs. I, I was in delicious. Burma as well, and I they saw them. I, ne- I didn't have the confidence to ever go for that. Well, three beers, man. How were they? They were actually really good. Uh, they were kind of <laughs> minty and a little nutty, and yeah, they're really good. When you're telling that story, I thought the locals are going to come over and just tell you, no, no, it's a joke. Don't eat it. <laughs> like, no, oh, just no just, <laughs> it's just, you can just see the kindness. They're, they're like, no, we just can't let these tourists walk away from our country thinking, what the F? What are these guys eating? So I was actually wondering about that before. I was in a different country and they're selling like spiders, deep fried spiders on sticks. And I bought one because it was cost nothing. And I was kind of horrified by it. Like, I was like pulling on a leg and the other legs moved. And yeah, yeah, it was gross. But the thing yeah. is, it had fangs and they were like yeah. at least three millimeters long. And they were as hard as nails. So like, there's no way I'm going to just eat this thing. It's going to like eat metal or something. It's rock hard. So I chewed the tip of a leg and then called it there. <laughs> you gave it a go, though, man. That's props to you. Well, you ate the, you did it. It is a meal. <laughs> I got three very large beers. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, you got one, Joe? Yeah, it's not as like culturally exciting or whatever, but basically the background was my sister was walking down the street in, in Manchester, I think, and this woman just walked up to him and was like, oh, are you the daughter of so-and-so? My sister was like, oh, yeah, that's my mom." And basically this woman was like, oh, I'm your long-lost cousin come round for dinner. Obviously, we checked with my mum and it was. So <laughs> my sister invited me round. We went round for this dinner, but because it was like long lost family, they pulled out all the stops 
which was five or six courses. But some of the courses, like, and I, I'm not that picky a eater, but like, one of the courses was like a bowl of chopped liver just on its own, nothing else. Ooh. And I just, I couldn't. It, like, it was rubbery. It was horrible. And like, I'd never had it before. So I wasn't really <laughs> what to expect. And I was like, kind of, I ate the first one, I was like gagging a little bit. And then I was like, shit, what do I do? I've got literally a massive bowl of this. So I hid some in my pocket. I put some <laughs> in my mouth. I was like, I really need the toilet and like spat it out. And then when my sister wasn't looking, I just like poured a load. When no one was really looking, I just poured a load. And we, and it was just, they are the loveliest like relatives and they just wanted to like show how Aww. welcoming they were. And it was just, three or four rounds of like awful basically it was horrible and was this like to out. share huh. and you just was this like bowl of chopped liver to share no like they it... presented a bowl each like oh it my... was one of the courses that's a lot of liver and, and damn it, it makes... was a lot of liver and i think of liver or kidneys to be honest i'm i'm scarred and when we got out i was like oh beth you you loved it, like you walked it down. She was like, no, it was absolutely disgusting. And until she hears this, she won't know that she ate double the amount she needed to. <laughs> she oh, took one for the team because wow. it was just, I had liver in my pockets when I was walking out. It was just awful. Or kidney, I don't know what it was. But they're such lovely people, like it makes me feel so bad. Uh, but but not bad enough to share it on the or to not share it on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll be listening, so it's right. fine. I feel like um, having put it in your pockets definitely made this the worst story so far. <laughs> 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 Cooked <laughs> liver. Oh, um, so um, you've actually reminded me of another thing, which is horrific. I had uh, it was in Italy, something called lampredotto, and you can look this up. But it's basically, as you said, awful in a sandwich and somebody told me to get it and they just it was with this uh, nice fender they cut open a bun put in all these oils and pesto and stuff then they fished into this red looking stew and brought out what looked like a grey carrier bag but that was like lungs and they just diced it up and put it in the sandwich as I was watching it's like all these valves and things decided we just started closing like one after another taking that to go um, I did <laughs> two bites and in the bin. I definitely can't match any of those three. Uh, I think the two worst I've had was in Budapest. We accidentally ordered pigeon. Ooh, um, ooh, that was a little chewy. It wasn't great, so we left it. And the worst bit was all of the pigeons flocked around and then ate it. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! No loyalty. That's no. disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I think that sums it all up. Yeah, yeah we've got some good stories there, some good horror horror meals. Mm. The, and the absolute important thing is that Joe did not keep her crown. That is the key takeaway from this whole evening. Yeah, I did not. Oh my crown. crown! Yeah, it was never going to happen, was it? Right, you struggle with the accent there, Joe. <laughs> I flourish at everything else in life. <laughs> people that know me that knows that's so untrue but anyway um yeah thank you so much mike and mason for for coming on really appreciate like the time and effort and the fact that we've lost the internet twice but thank you so much for your perseverance i've really enjoyed it Good totally welcome it was a blast well done mason you were this week's biggest ranker 
Once again, thank you to everyone for listening and for all the support that we've received. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RankBankPod or you can email us at RankBankPod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro and outro music is Dream of the Forest Jazzy Mix by Articon. And the Pun Gun Round is inspired by the brilliant No Dogs podcast. <laughs>